If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's going on? Before we get into this week's podcast, I have to let you know, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex, huh? Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. Blue Chew, it's a unique online service. It delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive the prescription within days. Pretty awesome, man. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made right here in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Look, man, they always say first impressions are important. What about lasting impressions, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They say there's nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal just for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use promo code DADCAST at checkout. Just pay five bucks in shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code DADCAST to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. And speaking of, let's do it. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's another episode of DadCast. I am, as always, your host, JP, along with the other host, Mr. Nick Martin. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm confused by your shirt, though. There's no graphics it's at plain, all. It's plain, man. I know. It's weird. We went plain Jane today. <laughs> I, I've got a I've got a thing about lately about getting just a bunch of plain t-shirts. Okay, I'm gonna not I'll admit it. Um, I haven't done the laundry in about a month and a half. <laughs> And now I'm nice. down to all the non-graphic tees that I own. <laughs> so that's 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 the explanation for that one. Today right. on the show, man, we've got an incredible kick-ass awesome guy. He is the co-founder and owner of Tap Out Clothing, along with being an entrepreneur and all kinds of great things. He is Mr. Dan Caldwell. How you doing, buddy? What's up, guys? How they, you doing? I got the plain tee on, too, so... Right. I, of all the guys, you know, you'd think maybe he wouldn't have the plain tee on, but, you know, <laughs> that's that's just yeah. how it is, man. Yep. Welcome I'm, to the show, man. Good to have you on. We appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, as a rite of passage, uh, the very first question we always ask of all our guests on DadCast is, are you a dad? I am a dad. I'm a dad. I'm a father of uh, of five, and uh, I have I have three previously, and that are older along the spectrum, and uh, two younger ones that are three and seven. Wow. Okay. And if I ask uh, a personal question, yeah. how old are you? It pertains to the next question. If you're willing to yeah. answer. Yeah, I'm fifty one. 51. Okay, so you were right there in the same uh, I say same ballpark as Nick and I. I'm older than Nick. I'll be 49 this year. And uh, we skew older dads. 
And you yeah. are right there along that lines. If that's even a thing to say, it's so weird nowadays. I don't look or feel 50. You sure as heck don't. But yeah. three and seven at 51 years old, you're right up there with Nick. Nick has, at last count, 837 children. That's right. And uh, <laughs> the most recent one is two months old. Three months old now. Hey. Five, five months. Five she's months, a baby. Yeah. We'll put it yeah, at that. Yeah, she's little. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's so much it's it's so much more prevalent nowadays because you have a lot of people that are, you know, smartly, I think, sometimes waiting for the right time to have kids. You know, they're getting their kind of act together, you know, getting getting all those things out of their system that they need to get out of their system. Um, hopefully being good husbands and, um, you know, them finding themselves uh, having kids and at the right time. You know, they got all their ducks in a row ready to have kids and. And hopefully it's smooth sailing from there. Not always, but. Oh, we, we, we say that. We hope so. But no, man, it's never a smooth yeah. sail. Oh, even no. if, even under the perfect conditions, even if it right. was like the, you know, where I'm at right now and the seas were that calm, it, it, it never stays that way. Being a dad, being the kids. Nope. Nope. Uh, look, at I mean, Nick's a perfect example. And this is not a joke, Nick. I'm not segueing into making fun <laughs> of you. Um, he was done. Yeah. He was done having kids. He's his oldest kid's like 24, 25 now. And, yeah, uh, 25, yeah. and he now has two, a two year old and six month old after mm -hmm. starting. So that's a fun story. And Nick would like to tell it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I got remarried. She didn't have kids and she's like, I really want kids. And I'm like, I'm fixed. Like that ship sailed a long time ago. Oh. And so I got unfixed and we did the whole IVF thing and we got our son and then now our little daughter. So same thing. I went through the same thing. So I know, I know exactly where you're coming from. It's, it's, it, I mean, I love it. Cause I love kids. I always wanted to be mm -hmm. a dad. I mean, that's a, I think I, you know, even in high school, I'd always kind of thought out what my whole life would look like. So wanting to be a dad and then kind of like when your kids start to get older, you know, you always miss those when yep. they were, when they fit in your hands. Some, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's days though where my three-year-old is just like, at my last nerve and I'm like, God, I can't wait till you're 10 and you can be self-sufficient and make a sandwich or whatever, whatever yeah. it is you need. You can like voice your opinion and tell me in a way that I understand would be awesome. Yeah. The, uh, unfortunately or unfortunately, they're probably going to be, I, you know, I'm going to die in this role. So they're, they're probably going to be the death of me at some point. You know, they're, I mean, they're great kids. I love my kids. They're amazing. Um, uh Oh, and that's DadCast, everyone. That was Dan Caldwell. Right. And thanks for watching. <laughs> no, man, we're going to wait. He'll probably come right back. He probably hit a button or uh, had a poor connection. Um, but Nick, while we're waiting for him to get back on, uh, yeah. it, it, I thought of something. You know, the whole you're waiting for him to become self-sufficient. Um, but it comes with different things. Like Avery, for example, my oldest. She's 10. You just said, oh, right. can't wait till 10. She make her own sandwich. Yeah, she can do that. She can also make her own brownies. But now... She's scared of dolls. So now what? now yeah, there's a there's a doll in the house that I had to throw away because it's one of those creepy old timey dolls. And I oh. think Sawyer popped one of the eyes out when she wasn't looking. <laughs> and so now it's and then now there's another eye missing. So I oh, ended no. up I'm like, Avery, just go get me the doll. We'll throw it away and we're done with it. And she's like, No, no, no. I, I can't touch it. So she finally got the nerve up to grab the doll and I threw it away. And you know what Jen tells me to do? bring it in tonight and put it by the foot of her bed and i'm like are you kidding that's like cruel she's already scared of the dang doll now you want to make her think that it came out of the trash and is hanging out and stalking her oh you should man. put it at the end of sawyer's bed hey. right right hey buddy welcome back hey. <laughs> i'm back sorry about that that's okay my, my kids unplugged my computer and and it just died on cue oh well you know i was just telling everyone that was our show the shortest <laughs> episode in the history of dadcast but we, we we got all we needed we know dan is an amazing guy and a great father so now nah, anyway here, that's it yeah all right so let me ask you this dan is uh have did you notice um much of a difference with this crop of children versus the first set you had as far as how you parented and you navigated those that whole ordeal and everything was it easier was it harder was it different all that yeah, you know, I, man, it's really being a parent is like an experiment. It's experimenting. And I, I'd like to say I was the best father. You know, I was, I was always there for my kids, tried to be at every game that I could be at, try to be everywhere I, they needed me. 
But when you're building your company, I mean, this is right in the middle of building my company. So there were times where I was filming my TV show. Um, we had a, you know, three seasons of our T or two seasons of our TV show that we were driving across the country filming our TV show. And so I wasn't always there. Me and their mom never um, got married. So we were, you know, it was, that was kind of not a good situation. And it was just, I mean, I would like to say I was better. And I learned a lot from that situation. And, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, you know, it's always a constant piece of work, working on yourself, trying to be better, trying to be a better human being. And I want to be the best. I want to be the best of my kids. I want to be the best of my business, but also I see my kids as not a business, but you know, I want to be the best with my kids. Yeah. So I'm constantly trying to refine how I deal with things. Um, you know, sometimes I bring, I'm guilty of coming home, you know, from the office in a volatile situation where you're, you know, yelling and, antagonized and you're bringing the heat and all of a sudden you bring it home to your kids and it doesn't, you know, you're like, you have to check yourself real quick. And, um, you know, luckily my wife's an amazing woman and she'll, she'll put me in check real quick. Right. Yes. Like that. So it's, a uh, you know, we really, and we're both constantly refining how we deal with our kids. We want to bring up our kids in a different way. Our kids, these kids today, there's so much that's different about the world. The world's changed, but also too, how my outlook on life, like I want, I'm, our kids are homeschooled, you know, for a lot of reasons. There's multiple reasons. But one of the reasons, like somebody was asking me yesterday that, you know, hey, do you have to bring your kids to all your meetings? And, you know, I we choose to bring all of our, our kids to all of our meetings now. Um, so our young kids are getting exposed to this business. And my other kids did, too, because they lived in the office. They literally, you know, they were there every day. Yeah. And because uh, they're you know, it was just part of life. Uh, and then we opened up, uh, a, a, a little coffee shop for them and they, you know, were working that as they got older, but these kids, I wanted to, you know, it's a, I don't have an office like that anymore. I don't have this big, huge warehouse where we're selling clothes and stuff. So we do different type of businesses. So I want them exposed to it by being inside of our meetings. And so they show, I bring them to all my meetings. I bring them to you know, big negotiations and they're sit there. I want them to hear how I do those things because they don't learn it from me. Who are they going to learn it from? School's not going to teach it. Not that they go to school, but the school's not going to teach them how to do that. Nobody else is going to teach them how to do that. So they learn a lot about outside history and all that stuff. But when, you know, they're not going to use that in when they're building a business or whatever they're doing. This is how they used to do it back in the 1800s. You know, the 1800s, when you had, if you had a mercantile, your kids worked in there. Mm-hmm. You're, they were doing their work, their schoolwork in there. My wife grew up like that too, because she, her mom was a single mom who was who owned a jewelry store and was trying to raise these, you know, three kids. And and that's just that was history. And today we kind of lost uh, sight of that, I think. And so our kids are kind of we we shove them off to school and leave the teachers to go teach them. And I just and and if you can see what's going on in the school system right now, that's probably not the best plan. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you there. However, in my neck of the woods here in Southern Oregon, go Jacksonville Elementary, uh, it feels to me, at least from what I've seen and glimpsed, it felt like it was when I was a kid in elementary school. Classes are still pretty small. Teachers are still doing their thing. And although they are trying to teach that crazy core math, which I'm just, what do you do? I, that's not math. That's 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 not math. But... You know, for the most part, it seems pretty accurate. So we're, we're lucky when it comes to that. But you're not kidding, man. And, uh, you know, kids learning everything on TikTok these days. No bueno. Yeah. No yeah. freaking bueno. Yeah. Now, you mentioned you're taking the kids to the office with you. What is taking up Dan Caldwell's time these days, business-wise? Um. Well, I'm consulting for companies and uh, we're, you know, we have so much different types of businesses going on, but uh, our main, what the business that we're just starting back up is our podcast. So we're doing our podcast too. Okay. Um, Now's the time. Promote the name of the podcast. podcast. Yeah. It's it's called the Pretty and Punk Podcast. And basically, you know, we started it like three years ago um, and it's, it's about parents, business parents who are raising kids you know, within that space, how entrepreneurs raise their kids. I want to know how guys like Grant Cardone raises his kids, you know, the Bradley raises his kids. I want to know how these different entrepreneurs are treating their kids 
and exposing them to their business environment or lack of, you know, how they don't want to do that. How do we, as entrepreneurs who are different, we're a different breed. You know, it's like, we don't, we may not have the same hours that everybody else has. We may not have a nine to five job. We may work from home like we do. Most of the time we're working from home. So other than traveling to meet people and stuff, like we just went to go meet with Mark Wahlberg and uh, we're doing something with him right now. And um, we took our kids to that meeting, you know? So, and I, and I told Mark, you know, excuse me, I hope you don't mind, but I bring my kids to all my meetings because I want to expose them to this stuff. I know she's three and he's six and, you know, they don't, I don't know whether he'll get that or not, but he did. I mean, right away he he said, "Yeah, I love that. Like, I love introduce my family to everything I'm doing." And uh, that was definitely one of the coolest things I've seen on your Instagram with your kids interacting with his kids and making business deals. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's how we want it. That's how we choose to live our life because we can. Not everybody, you know, has that same um, situation, but I still think no matter what, you can come home. Even if you don't have that situation, I can come home and, and when I'm not, you know, there's other times when I've worked inside other people's offices. So I've had to go into the office every day to, to work with them, you know, on, on their company. And when I come home, I tell my kids exactly what we were doing. You know, it's like, oh, today I did this. Um, you know, we just, you know, remember Chuck? We got Chuck Liddell. I was talking to Chuck Liddell <laughs> yesterday, and he's, he's, we're doing a hat deal with him. Look at this hat. What do you think of this hat? See, I designed all this, and I like how this came in. And we did this blue, the same blue as Chuck Liddell. You know, like his shorts that he used to wear, and I pull up the picture of the shorts he used to wear. I want them to understand every piece of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And, and hopefully that gives them a heads up on, you know, what they're – going to encounter down the road. I want them to be creative. And I see it in my son already. I see him one, not that talking like a kid isn't a good thing, but they do speak in a way that feels like it's more, um, grown up, you know, they're, they're expressing their ideas in a different way. They're having conversations with adults in a different way. And, uh, they have full on conversations. You know, I'll put my kid, my kid spoke in front of 3000 people over here, did a full blown, you know, six minute speech in front of a, a, a 3000 people out here in Utah. Um, you know, it's like I, I want to put him in those situations so that he has the tools that it takes, because the hardest thing to do is deal with people. You know, conversations are everything. Conversations are how you build businesses. You're not going to build a business huddled up in your computer. I mean, you can kind of today, you know, some people can. But the, at the end of the day, you're, there's a plateau there. If you want to get to that point where you're building a, you know, a hundred million dollar business, you're not going to do that unless you're standing in front of somebody. You're going to have conversations with people along the way. You're going to have networking. You're going to have uh, negotiations with people. And if your kids don't know how to do that or they're learning or, you know, that takes that first 10 years, 20, I was, it was hard. You know, I was 20 and 20, even, even in the tap out days, I was very, um, I don't say shy, but I was, I was, I was, I was definitely an introvert and I, and I played it to the hill. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to talk to people. And when we did, you know, I probably didn't do it the best. I could have been so much better in my, at 34, you know, I could have had better conversations. I could have been more aware of the, 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 the back and forth playground that we're having in this networking or in this uh, uh, negotiation. So I, I want my kids to see that. So they're, so at 20, they're doing those deals. I want my kid to do a million dollar deal, 20 years old, you know, because he enjoys it because he's having fun with it and he he's excited by it. And I think when you said when the kids get up on stage or when they talk directly, it's, it's simplified into the point. (laughs) It's, I mean, that's, that's what the kids know. It's much simpler. They haven't experienced everything. And, you know, let's say what's on their mind is boom. And they're not scared. Yeah, right. I mean, he's not scared. He got off the stage and he goes, oh, that was so much. He goes, that was so fun. And you go, are you scared? He goes, no, that, I want to do it again. He enjoyed it because the whole crowd, he got a standing ovation. You know, the whole crowd. I mean, he, he, he in the middle of his speech, he, he recites um, um, uh, Theodore Roosevelt's Man in the Arena speech. So he, he knows that whole speech, too, by heart. And so he, you know, he's, he's doing his speech and then he does this man in the arena speech and it, the, his speech is called the power of words. And, and, you know, the whole crowd could not believe how he knew this whole, 
speech by Theodore Roosevelt that Theodore Roosevelt gave back in 1912 or whenever it was, I believe it's 1912. You know, I mean, he enjoys interacting with the crowd like that. And that's what I want for him because I would have been scared to death at that age. You would, you'd have had to push me out on stage, you know? And, and at the end, I would, once I got out there, I probably would have went blank and forgot (laughs) Well, you're doing something right, man. So well done. Yeah, I mean, and, and, uh, and my wife too. My wife is the one yeah. who's really the cheerleader for some of that. I mean, she's the one working with him at night. She she's relentless on him about making sure she she's Hungarian, and uh, and I would call myself as hard as I, I can be. Sometimes I would call myself soft when it comes to uh, 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 personality. So she's she's much more stronger personality than I am. And yeah, she's great. it's got to be pretty proud too, though. Seeing your boy on stage doing something like that. Oh yeah, oh. amazing, mm. unbelievable. I was, I just got immensely proud for you and your son listening to that story. So I can only imagine how you feel. Amazing, yeah. Nick. Sure. I keep yeah. seeing you. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They're like you're ready to say and ask something. So oh no, I'm sorry, man. I'm just uh, rubbing rubbing the neck. Oh, okay. we're really not. Yeah, it's not the Father's Day episode. We just did a Father's Day episode, yeah, Dan, where there's a whole bunch of guys on the screen. And after doing it for a few years, I finally said, "Hey, man, we guys, we got to get elementary on this." I apologize, but if you want to speak, raise your hand because. <laughs> The Zoom communication cool. Zoom and the delay, yeah. it was nuts. So I think I'm still feeling a little bit of that when I saw Nick put his hand up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah sorry. we got three people on, or four people on, three people on. So when, whenever you have that many people on, it's uh, it makes it a little bit harder game to play. How do you uh, produce and go about doing your podcast? Do you have an actual studio? Do you Zoom it most of the time in a combination? I love getting well, into the talk of this. Yeah, so it, it, it's kind of the mess that we live in. Um, we, we started out in Malibu a couple of years ago, a few years ago, that's when we started the podcast and we were kind of stable then, but then we decided to do some traveling. So we were bringing it with us and we were doing it out of hotels and sometimes we wouldn't do it and it got a little inconsistent. And so, you know, shame on us. Uh, we, we, we let off the gas for a second we said, Oh, okay, let's stop doing it for a minute. So we stopped for a year and now we're, we're, putting a bunch in the queue again. We got, a, we got like six podcasts done and we're waiting to launch it, relaunch again. So we're about to relaunch right now. Um, and, and lately what we've been doing because we've been staying here in Utah, cause we have a place where we have a place in LA, we have a place in Vancouver and, uh, our, our, but we don't have any setup there. So we're, we're setting up our, we're doing a setup here. And then we also have a studio that we sometimes film out of too. So we've been kind of, trying to feel that out we don't really like this you know working out of a studio because it's i don't know it just feels like sometimes i like all the control of controlling everything you know being able to do you know set it up turn it on when i want to jump in front of the camera when we feel like it right and other times i like getting out of our house and going to a studio where i feel like the environment's a little better plus we got a three camera setup there you know which is obviously different than doing um you know, just talking heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we do here. So here we we do we do we do when we're here. We what we've been doing is just doing a wide shot and then punching in when people start speaking. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's pretty good for us. Yeah, that's. So I have some like distribution questions. Do you guys have like a distribution channel that you could go through? So we nope. we've uh, for like the last two years we've struggled getting a distributor. Basically, we finally signed up with Believe.com. 
and we're through their network right now. Right. So we're trying to figure out like, how do these podcasts get paid? Like, how do you like Amazon, how to like, is there like an agent that works with podcast hosts? Is, is that like a thing? Well, a lot of like dear media, you know, there's, we haven't tried to do that yet. And we were kind of talking about doing that once we kind of get going consistently. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, guys like dear media and some of those other uh, podcasts, hosting companies, what they do is they do some rev split for, you know, they go out, they have salespeople that go out there and that's all they do is they're just trying to drum up revenue yeah. for, uh, for, you know, advertisers. And they just show them, Hey, this is all, you know, this is our menu of all the, all the different podcasts we have. And then, you know, that's a way of doing it. And, but you're giving away most of your show, you know, at that point, mm -hmm. um, I don't know the the specifics of the contract, but I'm sure you're giving away a lot to, to make that happen because basically all you have to do is put together a podcast every, every day, you know, every week or every day, however mm -hmm. you're doing it. So you're, there's no, for you, it's easy. You know, you just show up for them. They're doing all the mixing, the, 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 uh, the advertising, the pushing the podcast out. They're doing all, they're getting all the sales done. So all that stuff falls on them. So I'm sure they're taking a pretty good chunk of the show for that. Mm -hmm. There you go. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've just been trying to figure out like, you know, that we see these other podcasts that get, you know, 20 million bucks from Amazon or whatever. And it, of course yeah. they're famous actors. We're, we're definitely, that's not why, but yeah, you know, there's, you there's a lot of people that are follow. nobodies that are doing yeah. the same thing. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. really, um, it, 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 you know, it's kind of yeah, like, like I guess, how do you get found by Amazon? You know, like we're ranked in the top 1% of all podcasts right now. I think you got to talk, you got to call them. You got to straight call them. You say, okay. look, a podcast, take a look at it. You know, you got to go sell yourself on that. I'd find mm -hmm. all the, um, you know, I know uh, Jesse Itzler has one, but, you know, he's got kind of a type of podcast that he likes, which is going to be different from like a Dear Media, which is, you know, you got to kind of find where you fit in. Um, right. You know, all these different there. There's tons of different people that are have set that situation up. Mm -hmm. And you just got to kind of find, you know, under mm -hmm. what banner you feel like you fit in. Nick, because just I didn't feel like we fit in anywhere either. So we that's why we kind of just stay stayed agnostic yeah. for a second before we dived in with somebody, we want to see if somebody kind of popped up and, and made more sense. Nick, get okay. Bezos's number. <laughs> Just give him a call. Yeah, Yo man, go. we got something for you. <laughs> exactly. Nice. All right. Well, so I've covered the kids, the changing in the two generations, et cetera, et cetera. We've talked a little bit about what Dan Caldwell does on a day to day these days. Um, shifting gears a tad bit has there as a father for you in these in in for, for the i keep saying new batch that sounds terrible but for for your youngest children the the, like gremlins. the yeah, <laughs> yeah there's new batch well, taking a batch of kids nick <laughs> you're one to talk um difficulties in parenthood for you what are they how they rear their ugly head and how do you uh approach fixing the any of those issues, if there are any? Um, you know, I think the biggest issue that always seems to be um, where, why I feel like this model that we're doing works for us so well is work-life balance is always, you know, it's never going to be, there's yeah, never a real balance. So you're trying to find, well, what's the best I can do? And, and, and for somebody who works at home, it's really hard when you have to, you have to find, you know, what is the right thing? And nobody, there's no playbook for this. You know, it's like, you can read a bunch of books and somebody will tell you one thing and somebody else will tell you a different thing. Um, we were looking at a book yesterday um, that basically said, you know, don't go to any of your kids practices and don't go to your kids. You know, uh, you don't need to go to every game. And then another book will say, well, you know, if you're not going to every game or in every practice, then you don't love them. You know, it's like, there's, it's like all these experts, none of them agree and they don't, or they don't all agree. Right. And uh, yet there's points they don't disagree on. So, you know, you got to find, you got to find your, what works for you. And for us, that's why introducing them to what we're doing is a moment where we can connect for a second. Um, and then sometimes, you know, like even they stayed up real late last night, we started playing Monopoly and, you know, we have rules about when to go to bed and stuff, but you know, the great thing is that you don't have to stick by all those rules. You're, it's your game. You it's know? summertime you, anyway now, man. 
I mean, everybody says, you know, you got to get up at three to be successful. Well, what if I don't feel like getting up at three? I get up at seven. You know, it's like, that's <laughs> time I feel like getting up. So I, I get up what time I want to get up. And I know I hear all these guys who tell me they're getting up at two in the morning. If I get up earlier, I'm better, you know, so they do their thing. That's their thing. You know, let them do. I, I'm glad that people have their thing to do. I really think it's what drives them. You know, they need to feel like they're getting up before everybody to be the person that they want to be. I feel like myself, I'm less concerned about that. I'm more concerned about getting up, praying with my kids and having them do their affirmations. And I don't want to get my kids up at three. And so I get up, usually I get up with my kids or if I get up first, I'd come in, you know, make a cup of coffee and then, you know, wake them up and and we'll do, you know, the, either my wife does it or I do it. We'll pray with our kids We'll both pray with our kids and and do their affirmations and their what they're grateful for. And I that's what I enjoy and that's what makes me feel like we're being successful. So everybody's got their own thing, and I you know let everybody do the, do them, do you, whatever makes you feel good at the end of the day. But that balance is always. I never feel like I never quite feel like oh man we're hitting grand slams every day. Yeah, you know I don't ever feel like that. I feel like my kid will come up and I'm in the middle of something and dad dad come look at this. You're like, oh, man, how do you navigate that exact scenario? Yeah, well, you know, it's I mean, it, I, I would say I'm not right 100 percent of the time. That's for sure. Um, sometimes <laughs> I am in the middle of something and I'm like, hey, buddy, you know, give me 20 minutes. I got to finish this and then I will come back to you. I got to have this back to this guy by two o'clock and I just got to finish this right now. And then we'll go do that, you know, but then I try to give him 100 percent. But I can't count how many times my wife's told me. Dan, you've been on your phone for like an hour and a half now. You know, you need to get off your phone for a second and pay attention. And and so, you know, that's what we do. We check ourselves. And you're always right in the ship. You know, a ship never drives directly to its destination. It's always getting off course and getting back on and getting off course and getting back on. And that's what we are. We're 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 this big ship with this family and we're trying to go down the right way. We're trying to do the right thing. We're all, we're trying to go straight to our destination, but we're going to get off course here and there. And we just have to constantly steer back on and you yeah. know do what's best for us. Exactly. Speaking of people who've been on their phone for an hour and a half, Nick. Sorry. <laughs> Killing me smalls. All right, man. Did you put Not together bad. a fast five? I did. Okay. All right. So little background, a little, little, little history here, Dan. I uh, <laughs> have worked in radio in, uh, yeah. in like real FM radio for the last yeah. 20 years, give or take. And there was a segment we did that. called you the fast. Amazing voice. <laughs> Thank you. We had the face for radio, baby. Um, <laughs> we did the whole uh, fast five where, where I had guests come on and we asked them five fast questions. We've kind of incorporated yeah. that here into the podcast. And I let Nick take over and it is time for the Fast Five. Uh, and I'm excited, Nick. You said new questions? Yeah, there's a couple new questions. 120 episodes in, and we're finally getting new questions from Nick. Love it. I'm going to go back to the <laughs> <old> questions. <laughs> okay. There, there'll still be some originals uh, in. All right, go. So what's, the, what's the most inspiring thing about being a dad for you? Oh, shoot. Watch. I mean, it, they inspire me. Every single time I see them do things that I wish I would be doing at their age, I wish I would have done at their age, that, I mean... I can't even explain the inspiration that I get from that. And I'm just so excited to see where that's going to take them. What is the scariest dad fail that you've had? <laughs> dad fail. fail. Fail? Oh, the my scariest God. one. You know, um, oh, geez. <laughs> you know, that's, I, you call this fast, but I, I, you know, I can't think of anything offhand. It did that fail. I mean, other than I don't want to fail my kids, I want them to, you know, if there's anything that I I can't even think of anything offhand that, you know, I I'm constantly trying to be the best person I can be. And I think, um, uh, you know, anytime me and their mom are not or having, you know, like not seeing eye to eye on something. Oh, I, you know what? I a couple uh, about three months ago um, or no, it's probably longer than that now, almost a year ago. Um I, me and their mom got into it a little bit and we were raised our voices and my son came up to me and said, dad, stop yelling at mom. And like, I'm so, and I wasn't yelling, you know, but to them, they're yeah. not used to that at all. 
So when our voices got a little raised and I don't realize, you know, I'm talking like I'm in the office and I'm like telling her, you know, this and this and this and I'm right and you're wrong and I'm right and you're wrong. And my son, you know, I don't ever want my son to look at me like that. I don't ever want my son to look at me like I'm being mean to his mom because I love his mom. And I would I would always tell him that. And shoot, I get a little emotional just saying it. But I, I don't ever want my son to look at me like I'm not everything that I, I that he looks up to. I want him to look at, up to me every time. And when he sees something like that, I hope that he never carries that with him and that, you know, 10 years from now or 20 years from now or 30 years from now, he doesn't come to me and goes, yeah, remember that time when you did? Man, that will hurt. That oh, yeah. will hurt me a lot. Yeah, I, so, there's something to be said, you know. Be when you're disappointed in your children, if they do something, I don't think that carries any weight compared to the flip of your children being disappointed in you for something. And yeah. and they don't grasp that yet. You know, mm-hmm. we do. We whole, understand yeah. wholeheartedly. And whew, yeah, I get it. Sorry, Nick. Number three. All right. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? <laughs> well, I mean, I think... <laughs> That's, I mean, I'd put our, I think my fat, my quick answer would just be that I'd want our podcast on there, but, um, I, I, shoot, you'd have to give me like 20 minutes uh, to figure out a good phrase. I want people to see that people that I, I want, whatever the words are, and I don't have the exact words cause I'm not, I'm not quick like that with, oh, I'll just throw some words out there. I'm very precise. I want to think about those words I throw up there, but the what I'd like to convey on this billboard is us and our family doing our podcast that you can run a business and, and keep your family together at the same time and make your, you know, bring, bring your family together with your business. It doesn't have to be, I'm going to be successful here. The problem is you see all these people become successful. You see your Bezos's of the world, then get a divorce. You see your uh, Bill Gates of the world and then they get a divorce. You see these guys that are, you know, create all the success, including, you know, myself, You know, you create this success and then your relationships fail because you gave a thousand percent of yourself over here and you didn't account for what's going on over here. And I think, you know, maybe it's wisdom as you get older, whatever it is that, you know, makes you start to be accountable for your all your actions across the board makes you go, man, how do I do it and make it all work? How do I make it all work together? My wife could explain this so much better than me, but um, we're both trying to navigate our lives so that everything works so you put that into words but i'll put that on a billboard what i just said that is the biggest billboard in the history of billboards right there (laughs) so so the reason we asked this when we first like the day after we started the podcast i went and bought a billboard on the busiest highway in medford that just said the number one parenting podcast with our pictures on it we we didn't even finish two episodes in and he's out there running his mouth telling the world that we're the number one parenting <laughs> podcast in the world. Hey, and I, I, I jumped the gun a little bit. And I, I was like, you know, worked out for us. we're by no means bad parents, but we're by no means number one parents. That's that that that's <laughs> even today. I'm not going to stay claim to that one. Podcast. Yeah, so yeah. Nice. But so, what's I funny? Think, I think those words are great words. That's perfect. That yeah, it was hilarious. Our mugs were on there, but then here we are. Fast oh. forward, you know, about a year later after that, it turns out we uh we could actually say, yeah, we're right There's up in there with one of the yeah. top ones. That's pretty cool. But okay. at the time, man, I was just like, Nick, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Number four, Nick. Um, what's your favorite food to cook for your kids? Uh, eggs and egg burritos. <laughs> oh, I'm in. Let's go. That's my, awesome. my, kids, my kids always say, uh, oh, dad, make those egg burritos. We use these gluten-free tortillas and uh, butter them up real nice. Get the scrambled egg. Make them a special way. I got my own secret recipe for this scrambled egg. Get them in there with some uh, spinach and a couple other things. Throw it together. And they love those. They love those burritos. They'll eat. They'll ask for two or three of them. Boom. Nice. Very yeah. cool. Uh, what's your proudest dad moment other than the one you already talked about? My proudest dad moment, probably. I mean, there are so many, and I could say my, all my kids have done amazing. You know, my daughter played for the university of Hawaii. That was, yeah, I was, uh, just, I was so proud of her. And, um, my other son being, you know, he was a freshman on the varsity team. And, uh, my other son's just so smart. He, when he got into college and then, 
um, you know, just all my kids have been blown me away on some of the things that they've been a part of and done. And they make me very proud all the time. But I think my son being up on stage in front of all those people, no doubt, like that's the proudest Papa moment for sure. I was standing back there more excited than he was, you know, filming <laughs> everything, got the camera out, trying not to be shaky. I'm holding my daughter at the same time. And, you know, just such a, a moment I'll never forget. And I hope he'll never forget. I have this video of him, you know, he's, I think he was, uh, he might've been six. I, I was thinking he might've been five, five or six. He's right there. And um, just seeing him up there, this little tiny dude and in the most beautiful theater you've ever seen, and where it's like it looks like something, you know, like those old theaters with the with the mezzanine mm-hmm. and then like these private little booths that are off to the side. Everything's in gold and just this beautiful, beautiful theater. And all these people out there, I can see this lady up in the top is crying. She's literally wiping tears off of her face as he's speaking. And everybody's got the biggest smile on their face. And as soon as he finishes they all rise at the same time, giving him this huge standing ovation. And I have it on video. And, you know, just to have that on video, that moment that we can capture and always be able to show it to him again down the road, he can always use that for whatever he wants to use it for. Just uh, just the proudest pop-up moment ever. You got to take like a 10-second clip of that, like your favorite part, if you even can, and throw it in a video frame and put that up on the wall somewhere. So every time it passes, it triggers, you know what I mean? Yep. Ah, That's that would be a great shot of him before anybody's in there and he's holding his hand up like this. Yeah. And, um, it's shot from behind him. So you don't see his face, but shot from behind him and he's standing in front of this. It's all lit up and it's just the best picture ever. It's a, it's pretty incredible shot. Good stuff. How old is your oldest kid? She is 23. 23. All right. So take me back about 24 years ago, if we can go that far. Someone came to you and said, hey, guess what? You're going to be a dad. And you found out the news for the very first time. Can you recall the emotions of that day? Oh, yeah. Um, It was a long time ago. (laughs) But, you know, I, I just always wanted to be a dad. I was a little worried because I didn't feel like me and their mom was a good match. And I didn't think that that was going to work out. And, you know, that's all my fault and my, you know, I'll take responsibility for that. Um, But I wanted her to have a great life. And so I just, I, I, you know, she was, I just, it changed my life forever. I just knew everything was going to be different at that point. And I became a different person. You know, I was a, I was a police officer at the time. So, I, you know, because I was a police officer before I started Tap Out. And it just, everything about me just changed as a human being. I, all those memories of how my parents raised me and my parents were amazing. Um, we didn't grow up in the best neighborhoods, but they taught me so much. And uh, they were just amazing, had a great effect on my life. And going to church and all those things that I wanted for my kids, you know, just um, exposure to, to God and, and just bringing out the best in them and, um, all that I wanted for her right at one moment, yeah, you know, I all am. the feelings are running <laughs> through you. And I think holding her like, Oh my gosh, I, I remember holding her and just thinking she was so small. And uh, although she, she wasn't as small as these two were, but she was, she was so, I'd never held a baby before, really. I thought about that. I'd never held a baby before. So it was kind of, that was kind of scary, you know, just all these things kind of going into this relationship with her as a little tiny baby and, and always just knowing that wanting her to be better than I ever was. And so again, I tried to expose, I think I was learning, you know, when you're young, you don't know all the things you don't know yep. and you're trying to teach them all this stuff. And you want the best for them, but you don't know quite how to give them the best or get the best for them. And I just want, I always wanted the best for her. And I, you know, sometimes you think that that's buying the best for them, but that's not the same thing as having the best relationship with them. And I'm still guilty. I'm still not the, where I want to be. I'm still not the best parent that I want to be. I'm always striving to get better. 
but um, but I'm doing my best, and I think everybody that's all they can do. As long as that's what you are doing, then you're doing it right. My, my yep. lady, my lady just popped her head here in the garage. <laughs> Hi, Mama. What you doing? You want to? No. And then she's backing it. Back away slowly is what she just did. Um, I've got. One final question for you, Mr. Dan Caldwell, before we call this thing. Um, Nick, unless you got something more. I'm good. All right. Let's go. I like to consider this one of the most important questions I ask on this show. Um, I ask it of every single guest, so no pressure. Uh, what is one bit of advice that you can impart on a brand new dad or soon-to-be new father? Wow. Um, I love that reaction, by the way. Yeah. That well, means it's a good question. Well, the crashing <laughs> feeling is that you want to tell you, hold on, buddy. I got so much to tell you. Let's sit <laughs> right? down. We need to have a nice long conversation. Um, there's so much to tell you. But I, I think um, a lot of, and this may sound, you know, there's probably people out there have a lot better advice than I do. But I feel like what's changed me as a person, it's the difference between who I was before trying to be this dad and this father figure, I'm going to tell you what to do and you're going to do what I tell you to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be the dad, but I don't quite, you know, there's no perfect handbook on how to be this person. So I, I think being transparent with my kid, be transparent with your kids on why you're doing everything that you're doing so that they understand why you want the best for them. I don't tell my kids, do what I tell you to do because I told you to do it. I sit down and explain to my kids, this is why I want you to do this because I want the best for you. And I know if I let you do this, you're not going to be the best person that you can be. You know, if I let you stay up, um, till 12 o'clock, we have to get up at seven. You're going to be dead tired. And we, you know, you're not going to get the sleep that you need because we're going to have to, we have to leave at seven. You got to get up at five, you know, so you can get ready. And so we can be out of the house at time. Now, if you choose, you know, I want to sometimes give them some, some leeway. If they choose to do something, let them be that their own person too. You know, I'm going to tell you that you can stay up. Sometimes I let my kids do this. But I'm very transparent with them about why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it, I, 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 can't, I can't think of something that's made me better than that. Like that has changed my life and my relationship with my kids. Um, because all that other stuff is easy. Like, I mean, I do, I would say prayer with your kids is amazing. Affirmations with your kids will change their lives. I could tell you that, you know, including them in your business relationship, those are all the runner up things. But I think explaining and being super transparent with my kids about everything that I do, whether that be business or decisions for them or my decisions for myself or what, you know, even situations with me and their mom or situations where, and we have a, you know, we have an amazing relationship, but I think that, you know, there's still times when I want to explain to my kids, Oh, this is why we're doing this. Or this is why daddy has to go. I just being trans as transparent with your kids as possible and explain to them, treating them like adults in some ways um, so that they understand exactly what you're going through, exactly what they're going through. So they understand and they can, it gives them the power to make their own decisions. That's it. There you go. In a nutshell, be transparent. It's easy. I mean, there's a long answer to that, though, because that was uh, the short answer. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, man. No, no, no. (laughs) But if I just say be transparent with your kids, I don't think most people will get it. Yeah, no, I get you, man. Good answer. No, that is parents. It's uh, it's changed a little bit. I get. Oh, you get to meet her. Come here, baby girl. Mr. Dan Caldwell, meet the joy and love of my life, my 10-year-old, Avery Allison. Hi, beautiful. That's Dan. He said, hi, beautiful. Can you hear him? Hi. Uh, oh, she probably can't because you got your Yeah, I got my cans on. <laughs> but look at her. I She's hamming it, it up because there's a camera on us. Yeah. <laughs> All kids like to be on camera, so. Okay. All right, go, baby. I got to finish this up. I love you. Um, 
I wanted to add one more question because you, yeah. you have something you mentioned a little bit earlier, and this is just for total fun. Um, you are a former cop, so what is Dan Caldwell's favorite cop movie of all time? Oh, Cops. Yeah, okay. That's a TV <laughs> show, though. We're talking movie. Uh, oh, oh, Colors. Oh, man, Ice-T. Yeah. Dude, I that love was, that, that freaking Sean different. Penn, Duvall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good answer. Yeah, Colors changed my life, man. That's the one that, that, that did it for me. When I saw that, I said, there's nothing that's – I have to be a police officer. Like, wow. That is, that's the coolest job on, on the planet. Yeah, and there's that, of course, great analogy, run down the hill and, and the bolt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we didn't go there, <laughs> but that – yeah. Good answer, man, and what a heck of a way to end this thing. He is Mr. Dan Caldwell, uh, co-founder, CEO, tap out, does all the things, entrepreneur. Obviously, you've been watching this show. You know he's an incredible father. Uh, guys, man, uh, if you're not doing it like that, I'm not saying you're doing it wrong, but it would not be a horrible idea to maybe take a little bit of the things you heard from Mr. Caldwell today and put them in your own life. I know I will. Um you're doing it right, man, and we appreciate you and uh, your job and your role as a father. Uh, last chance, promote that podcast, man. Yeah, yeah. Check us out on the Pretty and Punk podcast. Uh, that's uh, it's the business parent podcast, and I think that my wife is ten times better version of this than I am. So she explains it so much better when we both get on together. Where's the wife? Is she around? Oh uh, yeah, she's back. she's downstairs playing with the kids. Okay, all right. I'm gonna say if you want to throw her on to promote it real quick, uh, we got no problem with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's okay. I tell them to come listen and come come check us out. They they'll they'll love the show. Pretty in punk. Yep, pretty in punk. Pretty in it's punk, punk podcast. It's a, so it's a lot of peas. It's a lot of peas right there. Yep, pretty in punk business parent podcast. It's a mouthful. Love it. I can't wait to check it out. Um, I will do so as soon as we're done. Uh, again, Dan, thank you so much, man. You've uh, had a great time. And, and and since Nick didn't take the opportunity earlier, I will. Um, we'd love to have Mark Wahlberg on. So if you want to go ahead and uh, shoot him a number, you know, uh, you know, a wink, wink, a nudge, nudge for us. That's how we get guests, you know, by referral. We, we wouldn't yeah. mind it one bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, and to everyone watching worldwide, however you may be watching or listening, thank you so very much for your support. We appreciate you. Do all the things like comment, subscribe, all that stuff. We'll catch you on the very next episode. Once again, he is Don called Don Dan Caldwell. See, that's what happens. My radio voice. I just they, they, I talk too much, and all of a sudden they just go. He is Dan Caldwell, oh, and we appreciate you, man. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, thank man. you. Yes. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.